ESCOM has signed over the years a number of very lucrative software deals um, with the German software giant SAP. Um, you know, these these sort of deals, some of them are kind of the software equivalent of an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's kind of allowing, you know, SOEs like ESCOM, like the water department, to kind of go in and use as much software as they want. Now, often that's not appropriate for our SOEs. Our SOEs have quite limited, uh, you know, needs. They don't need access to just about every software product under the, the sun. But it's obviously very lucrative for these companies to come in and sell these huge deals, these mega deals, to our SOEs. Now, what you see happening during the, say, capture era is that the size of those deals that companies are able to sell, companies like SAP, suddenly balloons. And the question becomes, well, how are they suddenly getting these absolutely massive deals with our SOEs? And the answer that's sort of unraveled through the book leaks and through subsequent investigations that we've done has shown that in most cases, they were relying on what they called business development partners. Um, and in these instances, they were relying on companies that essentially were front for the Guptas, controlled by the Guptas, to kind of, you know, give them the in, to kind of go into our SOEs and lobby our SOEs to sign these absolutely massive contracts. SAP was then rewarding these business development partners by paying them absolutely massive fees as a reward for helping them get those contracts. And now, how was this corruption uncovered by the SIEs? So the first sort of hint that we get of these these SAP deals, there had been a number of deals that had kind of raised red flags over the years. Amabungani had investigated one at Transnet, for instance, that was almost signed and then kind of at the last second was scrapped. But where we really get the best insight into these deals comes from the Gupta leaks, which came out in 2017. What we learned from the Gupta leaks and from the, the records that we found hidden in there was that there were these sort of contracts between Gupta front companies and SAP where they would agree to pay up to 14.9% of the value of the deal to these Gupta companies in order for you know them getting help to conclude these deals. Now, the SIU, when they came along and started their investigation, they were able to sort of rely on a lot of the information that journalists had put into the public domain, which sort of gave them the, the backbone of their investigation. It's clear from reading the papers that they've gone on and done a lot of their own research. They've been able to, for instance, follow the money, see where the money ended up, um, which is starting to give us a far more complex and complete picture of how this scheme works. What I find strange about this case is that there's been concrete evidence for the alleged corruption that was going on during the Gupta leaks in 2017, yet no one has been prosecuted nor held accountable for these alleged corruption. Why is this the case? So it's a very good question as to why no one has been prosecuted. There was absolutely concrete, hard proof of what was happening at that point. You know, the papers that the FIU has filed today, they're being filed with a special tribunal. Now, that was set up in order to reclaim money um, from state capture projects. So it's a very important step, reclaiming the fees. You know, this is money, we're talking about a billion rand that could go back into ESCOM's coffers. SAP agreed to return the money. But there is another leg to this. You know, people, there needs to be a decision on whether anyone is charged for corruption. Now, if you read the papers that the FIU has filed today, they are quite clearly making those allegations, saying that these were corrupt deals. So from that, it stands to reason that there should be another leg that follows 
um, whereby both local people, the Guptas, um, but also potentially executives at a at a global level from from the from SAP, that they could also potentially be charged uh, with with corruption. And and I would say not just in South Africa, there's also a risk they could be charged internationally uh, in other jurisdictions. Now I wanted to find out from you. Has uh, SAP responded in, in terms of these allegations and have they indicated on whether or not they'll be paying back this money to ESCO and uh, the Water Department? So what we do know is that, you know, the, the case that the SIU has brought to the Special Tribunal on ESCOM, the case that it's filed this week, that's sort of the second um, of these massive cases that they've brought against SAP. The first one on the water case, uh, that was brought, I think it was last year, um, and on that case, SAP has agreed to settle. They decided not to file papers, as far as we know, responding to the allegations. They simply said, we will pay back the money. So in this situation, we haven't seen you know, whether SAP will go that route, whether they'll agree to simply you know, return the, the money, um, or if they're going to actually file papers and give us their version of events. You, know, you may recall that, that the company at the time said, that they would do a thorough investigation, they could report back to the South African public on, on any other sort of you know, public sector deals that had involved a similar sort of mechanism, this similar kind of payments to business development partners to get contracts. Uh, that was a promise that they made five years ago. They have not kept that promise. They had initially said it would take them six months to complete the investigation. Five years later, we're still waiting for answers.